You're listening to Enhancing Human Experience, episode 69. You know, today we're in for a real treat. Michelle Harris returns to the podcast to share some awesome tools for being your own life architect and creating your life your way. Really awesome stuff that she digs deep into her tool chest. These are typically tools she only shares with her paid coaching clients, and she shares them with us. So get your pen and paper ready because you're going to love all the stuff that she shares. Now, just to remind you about Michelle, she was on the podcast a few episodes ago and was gracious enough to do another podcast to dig deeper into the tools that she uses with her coaching clients and in her own life. Now, just to refresh your memory about Michelle and her coaching business, she is an IPEC certified coach. IPEC is the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. She's also a Ziegler legacy coach. Of course, Zig Ziglar was a huge motivational and sales trainer and speaker, and Michelle actually met Zig, which she talked about in her prior interview. I'll link it to that in the show notes of this interview. But she met Zig, learned all about his positivity and the mental mindset and and his coaching program in this Ziglar Legacy program. And if that wasn't enough, she's also a John C. Maxwell coach, and John C. Maxwell is of course, the leadership coach, we all are familiar with his books and his impact on success and the tools that he's given us. So she's also certified as a speaker and coach in the John C. Maxwell program. That's quite a bit, isn't it? I mean, come on, it's it's huge. So obviously, I was really excited to hear Michelle share some of her tools that she uses and dig deep into her bag of, of, of awesome tools to share them with us. So you're really in for a real treat today. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Okay, well, Michelle... Our last interview was super successful. I want to just let you know while I have you here uh, before I introduce you is that it was highly downloaded. It was People loved it on the website and it was really, uh, I think it went over well. And I appreciate you for joining me again to do kind of a deeper dive into some of the tools that you use that kind of bubbled up after our last interview. So welcome to the podcast again. I look forward to hearing what you've got to say. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here today and with you and your listeners. Great. I'm, I'm so excited to do like this deeper dive because that's one thing that I kind of felt too in, in some podcasts. We, um, they, they're all unique, right? They all interviews are all unique and some kind of stay at a high level, some dive deeper. And I'm really glad that you, uh, are willing to come back and dive a little bit deeper to some of the tools because what you shared before was super awesome. And I know it's going to be valuable to people about some of the tools that you use in your day-to-day life and also with your clients. So start us off here today. What what are you going to kind of dive deeper into um, on this, on this level? What can you, what can you share with us? Um, I want to just go deeper into some of um, the things we talked on the first interview, recapping on, you know, I really, um, you know, pride myself in this whole life coaching about, you know, coming alongside them and being a life architect. And we talked a little bit about it. And I want to talk a little bit more about that today, about people's foundation and how they're building their lives and what my foundation was like and what tools do we have to actually create the life that we really want to live. 
And I think, you know, I want to talk about operating systems, how we show up and how do we shift our operating systems? Because that has a lot to do with, you know, who we are, what we decide to do with our life and how we do it. And, uh, you know, before I was um, had these tools myself, I was showing up in life, but I was showing up with some things that we had touched on. I'm going to talk about it again today, a little bit of that catabolic and anabolic energy in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about some things that keep us stuck. There's four energy blocks are the biggest things that keep us stuck from stepping into what we really want to be. Okay, great. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so let's just talk a little bit. I want to touch, talk a little bit about my journey and how it can help other people with these tools. Great. Talking about being a life architect, when I was in real estate and I was helping people um, build their their homes, their dream homes, and uh, create and design their their homes that they were going to live in, uh, it was amazing, right? When you when you learn about construction, I mean, I was a sales um, rep and a sales manager and a salesperson, and I came alongside with these people. But also, um, what I did was, you know, I've got to learn the trade about building a home. Mm-hmm. And you know, the first thing about home is you've got to have a solid foundation. And just to correlate, when I spent my career in real estate doing that, it was fun and it was exciting. But what was missing is how. Are we building foundations of our life? We can build a beautiful house, but we're what's going to make it a home. Mm-hmm. So before I had the tools of coaching some of these tools, I um, was living my life, the foundation of me, my core. So I call that foundation our core of who we are. Mm-hmm. So we're not taught these things in school, but you know we grow up and we become what everyone told us we were, how we were raised, what society tells us, what our church tells us, what the newspaper tells us, the news. That's consciousness. It's basically being, we're being with all this stuff, our environment, our neighborhood, everything that's being infilled in us, we become it. So we're kind of, we are what we are told we are. So then we grow up and I had this operating system of who I was, was where where I came from, what I'd been through. So it's what I decided to do and how would I do it? Well, inside me, I had some brokenness. I was raised by an alcoholic and a workaholic. So um, I picked up some things. I had some um, tough challenges in my childhood. I went through some major um, um adversities. And those, as we grow, you know, you learn how to just kind of stuff those things and get on with life. And, but however, when we stuff those things, they show up in our life, Mark, Mm -hmm. like when I showed up to build my foundation, life is happening. Guess what? Those things that happened to me or didn't happen to me, I was caring. So how I show up in work, how I show up in relationships, if I was abused or if I was insecure or if I had that catabolic energy, which was I'm a victim or I'm in this internal conflict, that's going to be how I show up to present myself in life. And we kind of that law of attraction, we attract that. Right. So, well... I, I, I just want—I don't want to mm-hmm. interrupt you, but I do want to—I want to um, ask you a few questions about yes. this because I think what you're talking about is super valuable and foundational. And it, and it seems to me—I I see this too—is that you know the program gets in, like you said, and it gets into the foundational level even when we're not aware. You know, from a little kid, yes. right? Programming that, that gets in, and that's one of the things that fascinates me as well. And that it's like, how do we get 
in front of that as a society and a culture to short circuit that because you know parents are i believe you know they're doing that they're doing what they know how to do showing up in the way they know how to their subconscious programs are running as well right right so my fascination is like how do we how do we get in front of that with kids and like break that cycle of this programming that runs for years and years and i you know for me my programming kind of i started to become aware of negative, or I shouldn't say negative, but unproductive or unbeneficial programming about when I was 40 ish. Mm -hmm. You know, my question is, how do we get ahead of that as a, as a younger person? I know we can probably touch on that, but I think what you're touching on is fascinating. This foundation. Right. Well, see what's so amazing is what you're saying, right? So I had my big, um, you know, I was getting through life. Life was working is what I thought, right? When I hit my 40, that's when it all just came kind of like, wow, I can do this different. But when you're talking about like childhood things, right, we all carry that. And so I, um, when we, when we realize, wow, this doesn't define, like when I realized, oh my gosh, my operating system, I just thought this was who I was because it's just kind of our makeup, right. From things we're not even aware of. And I have, I mean, tremendous, amazing parents, even though I was raised that way, they're, they are amazing people as I grew to change and they grew to change. But there were some things that happened in my life that um, because I developed that operating system, I didn't play full out. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. so much potential that we all have. So I had a belief system that I wanted to be, I, I had all this inside me. I, I wanted to do what everybody else was doing or, or what I thought I was called to do. But guess what? Because of that catabolic energy that I was allowing that victim state of me, that operating system that I had that belief that that's, that, that was my set system. I couldn't change it. I couldn't play full out. I couldn't yeah. step into my fullest potential. I couldn't step into my dream, my insecurities, my fears. I allowed all that, the family I came from, that was defining me. Yeah. Does that do, make sense? Oh, absolutely. Do you think you would have arrived to that realization had you not gathered these coaching tools on the way? I believe that I was always on the journey because I have a strong faith. Like I said, I've learned so much through that. But at the same time, these tools were so revolutionary for me. Like it was like revelation. It was aha moments. It was how it was brought to me. So I do believe that, um, I don't know if, if um, I mean, I was on that journey, but sure. this really made it so clear for me. You know, it made it so clear. That's why I'm just so passionate about what coaching can do to resurrect not only people to step in, you know, to have a solid foundation of who they truly are opposed to who they were taught they were. Right. But it, it can resurrect any part of your life, your spirituality. It can re- resurrect any part of your life. That's why I believe in all these, this coaching tools, because, um, for me, it even it, this the tools even empowered and resurrected my faith to even be strong. When things aren't even going our way, our faith wavers, right? Yeah. And yeah. it can. It can be tough to still believe and have hope. Whatever that belief is for you, if it's the universe or your creator, the point is, how do we stay in hope and, and stay in that um, perseverance? Right. Well, and, and one thing that I find fascinating, again, around what you're talk, talking about here in this topic is that like you said, I do believe that regardless of whether we get the tools or not, or these like consciousness tools or like belief tools, there is this underlying current that is so strong in the human condition and human experience that it's going to always bubble up. It may take a whole lifetime or it may take 20 lifetimes. See, and that's what I find really fascinating is how do we 
get more of that into our lives. Whereas in school, you know, we learn, uh, you know, literature and math and things. And and I'm not saying those aren't valuable, but it's like we never talk mm-hmm. about the spiritual side and the undercurrent of really what we are, which is the most powerful aspect of us and the most beneficial. And it's kind of, it's kind of like, come on, we've got to get both of these feet planted firmly on the ground, the spiritual side and the, the intellectual side. And it doesn't right. happen well, yet. I mean, are you, at least I'm not seeing that as much. I mean, slowly it's happening, but at least in the educational system, it's right. just not there. <laughs> it's not. Well, they're taking everything away. Think about it. Like we're trying to run everything. You know, it's like a car without gas, right? I mean, we're trying to make it work. And, you know, pretty soon we're out there shoving and pushing a car and then we've got everyone help us because we can't get this car to move without gas. It's the same thing, right? It's we're they're taking that part away and we're focused on success, success. Well, first of all, we've got to identify what success is. And, you know, money's great. All of these things are wonderful, but we can't become our full capacity in any of that without being plugged into spirituality, you know, where, where we get our fuel. Yeah, we, 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 are, we are totally disconnected. You're right. And the other mm-hmm. kind of travesty is we make kids, uh, you know, we put them through an educational system, which is totally based on the intellect and like race mind or mortal mind knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then we say, okay, now decide, decide what you want to be for the rest of your life. And by the way, we've never taught you how to tune into your intuition. We've never taught you yes. your spiritual higher self. Now go for it. Yes. No wonder we all wake up at different points going, oh my gosh, I've been on a path that isn't fully integrated with who I am, right? It's not right. And you know, yeah, it's not fair. And you know, what's amazing, I'm going to bring just go back one second, I was talking about how I was raised with my parents, what's amazing about my parents, here's right what you just said, when my parents put their spirituality on the back burner of their life, and, and then they got caught up in life and, and their tragedies and, and their adversities, and, and, and just whatever they were going through in their life, well, guess what happened, then the kids kind of suffer through that, right? But when my parents put back spirituality first in their life, Mm-hmm. It was amazing how all of our relationships resurrected. How old were you when they when they started to go more spiritual or bring it um, back? I I well, my dad got sober um, by the time I was fourteen. So okay. um, and he, he was um, and it wasn't a he was a like a functional alcoholic. He was an engineer, amazing, amazing man. Um, mm-hmm. But my parents had lost my sister. She was killed in a car accident, mm-hmm. and so um, she was hit on her bike. So, um, but that I think you know with all of that you know, that happening to my parents, you know, they just started living in fear, you know, in fear based. And let's just protect everybody. When you put protect everybody, you distant everybody from you. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They, they had, you know, they were starting to build their Fort Knox, which they probably already had from their operating system from children. But then now, oh my gosh, we've lost one. I've, they've got three more. Let's just, you know, keep them all arms lit distance and they can't hurt me because I already lost one. Oh, oh, so you're saying there was more of a, rather than bringing you closer as, as children, they kind of distance away to maybe protect painful situations from themselves. Is that what you're trying to Yeah. Yeah. And I see that now more than everything. And that was like, you know, I mean, my, you know, that was years and years ago, but my parents and I over the years since, um, gosh, since I've been 21 and I'm what, 48, I, we have an amazing close relationship because we connect spiritually more than ever. And that's transformed their life to live more faith-based instead of fear-based. Well, and, and that's a good point that you bring up. You know, we, our parents are kind of on the same path as we are, just maybe a little bit yes. further down the road. And it is interesting <laughs> to see how that, how their awakening happens too. And their understanding of, of life happens. Cause we always, you know, in, in a very real sense, so kind of our parents are the same as when we were 
younger. I mean, that relationship, yeah. but, but really there's change there too, isn't there? Yes. And, you know, I mean, what, what's the beauty about forgiveness too is, you know, um, when I realized just what you said too, hey, our parents were just, they're just two kids that got together and totally. they have this operating system, yeah. right? When you can see those eyes and you look at your parents and forgiveness comes, that they honestly, do, they're doing the best that they know how to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the healing can begin. There's a lot of families, right? You know, I try not to use the word dysfunction, right? I do functional to optional because we're all dysfunctional. Sure. But, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, you know, that's the point, right? It's like, how do we get more healing and how do we get more um, restoration and reconciliation um, in our lives? Forgiveness is everything. You know, if we are um, angry at anything, just go give more to it. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, forgiveness will heal, will heal so much, if not everything. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but the, it, it, and it doesn't always mean every single person, like some people don't want to forgive because they're afraid that they have to reconciliate. Well, there are certain relationships in life that we forgive. That doesn't mean we need to reconciliate. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a whole nother, you know, it's, it's another topic on forgiveness, but it's, it's teaching that too. Cause a lot of people are harboring stuff inside them, right? That catabolic energy, you know, the blame thing, or it's true. They were a victim of something. I'm not diminishing that, but they harbor for, um, and they harbor the unforgiveness because they think, oh, then I've got to go. I mean, I have to go hang out with the person that did that to mm-hmm. me. No, 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 you don't. I mean, it's beautiful when you can have restoration and resurrection forgiveness, two different things. Forgiveness is letting you off the hook, letting the person that hurts you, um, you're, you're, when you forgive them, you let yourself mm-hmm. off the hook so you can move on from that. You're not carrying that energy. Um, when we were just to go back real quick about, um, what, who, and how we do that operating mm-hmm. system, like a computer, right? When we, so for instance, here's the difference in me. When I was walking so much with the catabolic energy, I was a victim of life. I felt like I was more victim. So I carried this energy. I'm going to explain to you the difference. Okay. So you can just get an idea. Um, so if you started to tell me a story, something so amazing that happened to you today or this past week, just, and you just were, you would just start telling me, right? Mm-hmm. Now here's an example. If you right now, Mark, to take your take both of your hands and just stuff them in the side of your rib cage, like on your right or left side, just press them as hard as you can into your rib cage right now while we're talking. Okay, yes, I'm doing now, it. Now you're gonna start telling me the same story. Do you see oh. that there would be a difference? Well, I feel more closed off and I feel restricted in a sense. Is that and distracted. And distracted, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens when we, we don't realize that we're carrying this energy around that when we show up in our life, we're not fully present. We're not fully showing up, playing, fooling out. We're not truly who we are. We're not aligned yet because we're letting that energy distract us. Gotcha. Gotcha. G- give me an example of a, of the counter posture of that. If we can you know equate it to the body. So if you, if you're pushing your hands into your rib cage, distracting mm-hmm. yourself, what would be the body yeah. structure of open and the receptive? Right. So just take, well, take your hands out and I'm going to ask you the same thing, right? That just went away. So now, now you can come present and really tell me your story. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So, so not just in our stories, right. But in how we show up in our relationships, how we show up in work, how you and I are talking right now, right. We could have distractions going on right now. Like, um, if you're, if you're, if you had to keep your hands on the side of your rib the whole time we were talking, mm-hmm. you would be getting through this interview, just like I would be if I did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of like being we're like you and I are people are dedicated in our own growth and our own growth to help change lives. So we want to be present and remove our distractions. 
Yeah, I, I love that. And and that touches on something I was going to mention is that, you know, it like, like you said, it's it's up to all of us to either break that cycle of victimhood or break that cycle mm-hmm. of the unconscious program that's been passed down through generations. Again, not blaming those past generations, just right. w- waking up to our own power to say, hey, I, I'm going in a different way. I'm going to put new information and new ideas into the program and and go in a different direction and, and do it make a conscious choice as opposed to just adopting whatever we've been given. Right. And so that's how this operating system shifts, right? If we build a foundation of a house, can you imagine when we're building the foundation of our life, we're creating and designing our life, where are we doing it from? Are we doing it from a lot of catabolic energy with that hands in the side of our ribs and we're distracted and we're building our life? Or can you imagine creating the life that you've dreamed of without that distraction? Yeah. Then it becomes the sky's the limit, right? Yeah, we then we're we are not limiting ourselves, right? It's right. like it's and then it's, it's, it's you can step in and, and you can. I love to use the word roar because for me it's a positive word, like I roar through life now yeah, because you, you know what I mean. Because you can be excited about even if things the outcome's not exactly what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Do do you find metaphorically that you have to tear your foundation out and just totally get rid of everything, or can you? make some modifications and or leave some of it intact. I mean, how do you like how do you conceptualize that that process of getting rid of the old and putting the new in and starting over? Uh, well, like this, because we are human and we are not 100% perfect any of us. We are going to have some catabolic energy. We're going to have but the difference is is does we reside in it? Is it a part of who our being is? Or now have we shifted out? We've taken responsibility of this old operating system. We're designing a new one. Now that's a part of who I am, but it's not running my life anymore. There's mm. a big difference. So guess what? So throughout the day, when we're riding those waves, because that's what we do, we, we our core thoughts go up and down. For me and my coaching program, I have that seven levels of leadership, right? So I'm level one and two are catabolic. And then, and then we shift out from three to seven. Mm -hmm. So throughout the day, we ride the wave, Um, just like, you know, whatever triggers us, like the day could have, you know, my day started out amazing, because I was on my routine, but then boom, the computer didn't work the way I wanted. And my son was sick from school, you know, the different things that happen, and boom, I could get you know, you, that could trigger, oh, conflict, anger, it's not working out, right. But now when you're when you're intentional, and you're conscious, you just take a deep breath and go. Guess what? We're gonna pow- we're, we're gonna plow through this. This mm-hmm. is just part of it. This is what showed up today. But what happens when we don't know those tools? We yeah. don't reach our fullest potential. We stay we in crash. fear. Yeah, we crash. We hide. Mm-hmm. We're insecure. Yeah, what, we what hide things- behind things. Yeah, exactly. And then we just go and hide in the hide in our little cave, right? I mean, right. And, right. and I think some of that happens when we, you know, once we do it once or get through a, a challenge once, and then again, then again, it builds up a resiliency and we get more confidence. But again, you know, going back to, you know, teaching it to younger children, if it hasn't been taught until say you're 20 or 30, it's you got a you got a ramping up period of time, don't you? Yes, which is powerful. And I'll tell you um, two things. Like looking at my parents now, I'm going to go to that real quick and I'm going to go back to the kids. Looking at my parents now because I've shifted so much, I look at my parents as amazing heroes, what they've done for for their lives, for myself, for their family. Um, Now, if I was still in my victim and conflict, wow. I mean, my mom and dad are my heroes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your perception would be entirely different, wouldn't it? 
Yes. And they are in true forgiveness. And I love them and they're my best friends and I respect and honor them. Uh, children, let's go back now. You're talking. So now I have, I've been the, given the gift of these tools and I'm still learning and I'm on the journey as well. But I have a 15 year old and a 10 year old. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, sometimes they're, you know, they just don't want to really hear their life coach mother talking to them. <laughs> sure, that's, that's a double whammy right there, right? <laughs> it's a double, but we're, but we're all called, right, to become, we all have a calling and we all have a purpose. And I, and I am so passionate about that. So when the kids, my children are going through a hard time, I paint pictures for them too. Mm-hmm. So if we're, if we're called to soar, there are going to be things that distract. Sure. Things are going to come against us. Um, kids saying mean things about us. That happens to us as adults. Um, bullying's going to happen. Uh, you know, people don't want, uh, there's a lot of mean people out there. We have to believe the truth, the reality mm-hmm. is there is good and evil. Yep. I'm sorry. We all have, I, I think I heard it yesterday on another podcast. We all have two wolves, yes. you know, feed the good Absolutely. one. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so, um, so I, I do my best to pour into my kids the same when they're challenged, especially with a teenager coming home with all that's going on with that. And I sit her down with my chart, my self levels leadership, and ask her how she wants to lead her life. And I call the leader out of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you want to buy in? Where does integrity and character? What's your operating system? I try to work with her now with those tools. But I have found that you can I can draw that picture of, for any of us, um, and this might be a little bit silly, but this is something that helped her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're called to soar, you're soaring up, up, up. And I used it with the crows because this is all I could come up with when, when she was having a really hard time and she was being bullied really seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's a serious subject because a lot of kids are committing suicide over this. I know it's horrible. But um, so I said, listen, you, you have a purpose and you're starting to excel. Well, people really come around you. If you're in victim mode, people love that because that kind of energy likes it. But the minute sure. you start to soar out of it, they, they, they're they going to start pecking at you. I, I use an yep. example of like crows. I said, the crows are pulling at you. They're picking up the crumbs or doing whatever they can do. And then it'll pull you down. Eagle soar. Mm-hmm. So I said, you got to keep soaring. And every time you get triggered, just picture it as another crow coming at you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that's kind of silly, but I, I, I related that to children to help them say, you know, we want to pour in and edify kids too. And we're here to serve and not be served. But at the same time, that's where that good and evil comes around. That negative energy, there's always coming against us. There's always going to be that opposition. No, I think I think the way you painted that is great because that that's a very real, real thing is that, you know, if you're up high on a plateau and you're like, you say you're soaring or you're at the top of your game and you're living your purpose and full expression. Yeah. People, there are some people, not everyone, but some Mm -hmm. want to want to cut you down and bring you back down. And it's, it's great that we can see that because one of the things I think about is, you know, if you're able to kind of mitigate that and do your thing while also like, uh, managing that negative energy in a positive way, so to speak. So it's not like, you know, blaming the people that are trying to bl- tear you down or something, but as that's what's tasked to highly successful people is right. They've got to, they've got to play both ends of the spectrum, right? Their own growth yeah. and also be highly forgiving and loving and like, and like managing that negativity that's coming at them. It's, it's a double whammy, but successful people are up for it, you know, up for that challenge. Yeah, this is what's going on. I mean, there's people out there that have been, I'll just use this. I can throw this in for a second. They've been hurt in churches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm one of those people mm-hmm. um, where there's a lot of judgment that comes from a lot of people from different organizations or just life in general. But I I speak so transparently because I 
want to help other people, that those are other things that when um, we're judged, mm-hmm. and if you know your course, like what you're saying, when you're when you're soaring, um, those people want to keep you down. But that's where that forgiveness, like what you're saying, is so powerful. But when you're successful and you know where you're going and you know who you are, um, you can. It doesn't take away how bad things do hurt because pain is real mm-hmm. and. And, and it's okay to allow that, but it doesn't, it doesn't hold us back. We don't buy into that lie. It wants to keep us, it wants to keep us so stuck. And that's where when we forgive people like these things that we're talking about forgiveness and just move on because it's, those are more life lessons for us. We don't have to let that keep us down. Right. And, and also one of the other things that, that I've seen, I specifically see this, yogis talk about this, they actually kind of, some of the high end ones will actually ask for difficult experiences, right? In life, as yeah. crazy as that sounds, right? Because right. It, we, un, unfortunately, that's the only thing that makes us like difficulty makes us stronger, right? And we, and that mm-hmm. resistance. And so it's counterintuitive to the way I lived my first part of my life. I, w- I kind of describe myself as like a comfortaholic, right? And yeah. just you know build that's- this cocoon and just. But but you realize that that's part of was my own awakening at this you know around forty ish, th- late thirties, early forties. Hey, right? You can't, you can't have the a better life living in the comfort zone, right? It just doesn't happen. It does two right. those two things don't mix well, and so you so you have to step outside of your comfort zone. And that's one of my lessons that I'm learning is, hey, if you want more, you've got to be more. You've got to be more valuable and step into your your greatness, right? And it's scary, but yes, the other way, <laughs> you know. Yes. Well, something just on what you said. I was just at a leadership uh, conference a couple weeks ago, and that's one of the head uh, the guy that runs it. He says comfort is the most addictive oh, drug in our country. It is, totally, <laughs> it's totally. And, so powerful, right? But then if we, but what what, too is if we can think, you know, I I found this when I was in my victim state for me, you know, poor me, everything's going wrong. Why me? And, and, and then the anger and the unforgiveness, all these little things that were rooting up inside me. I noticed then I actually had all those same people, like, it's okay. They loved that. You know what I mean? They love to comfort you and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I noticed when I shift out and said, I no longer want to live Mm -hmm. like that. I'm not living like that. And I started to soar above all mm-hmm. of that. Those people didn't really want to be around me anymore. Matter of fact, they wanted to pull me down and they, those crows were coming at me. And I've experienced that in churches. I've experienced that in all different realms. Mm-hmm. So it's, but that that's where, um, when you were talking about the yogis, like it's kind of a gift because what I realized was, wow, I don't want to judge them. But what I want to learn through this is that's not how I want to be. That's not where I'm going. Right. Right. And, and, uh-uh. and like you say, you've got, you've got, you've got your own mission that you now know. And yes. it's like, there's no crow that can peck you hard enough to make you pull off your path now because you're right. so valuable. Right. I'm assuming. Right. And yeah. Oh yeah. And I've been, you know, beat up, kicked, sure. you know, it's not easy. Life is not easy. I've cried. I've had people say stories. I've been in car accidents. Mm-hmm. I've been given this antibiotic that's almost taken my health. I look at it all like, okay, you know what? It's not going to get me down. I have a purpose. I'm getting mm-hmm. up. Yeah. There's a time there is, there is a quiet time, right? Right. Sometimes these things happen where we need to be still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But being still is different than being defeated. Totally right. Yeah, there's, you're, you're absolutely right. I love I love that because, you know, taking a rest and a breather to kind of catch your breath is different than giving up and stopping, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I could, 
I could have been, um, you know, I went through some really hard time when I got divorced and um, kind of had a falling out in our church because I were divorced and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was really wounded. I mean, I couldn't believe the pain that I was going through. I thought, wow. I mean, if I didn't have my faith, my mission and my belief in these coaching tools, I could have been one of those people that went home and committed suicide. I know. You know, you know it's 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 interesting. You mentioned that we are all, you know, hearing about this uh, Kate Spade uh, yes. in the news, and you know, so, someone who's super successful, highly, you know, very wealthy, living what appears to be an extraordinary life. We don't ever know what's going on inside of them, but we, we've all we all can relate because we're all human beings, and we've had those moments when either we we are at the brink of doing something harmful to ourselves or someone else in order to get to feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like. Like by the grace of God, that that doesn't happen to us. Right. But it's it's we're all right there yeah. at, at some point in time, aren't we? We are, and that's why it's so important important to know that um, joy and happiness are different. Um, mm, I like that. Yeah. So you know, happiness. You know, we can attain this happiness. You know, it comes and goes, but joy is a constant, and that's no matter the outcome. So joy mm-hmm. is something in us that's always in process. Um, and so when we can find that, because, you know, like you and I are talking, hey, light, we're, we can say it. Uh, life isn't easy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you still can have your joy. Right. As, as this undercurrent that's always with you. It's always with you. Mm-hmm. So um, there's freedom in that, right? That's to, to me, you know, I, I, yes, I want all those monetary things and, you know, I have all those goals too and vision boards, but my true success is that joy because I it, love that. That's the freedom. It's right here yeah. where we're, we're, we're sitting or I'm sitting between our heart and our mind, that freedom that's my passion to help people have that come alongside because then they can step into who they are. Wow. And, and, and it's, it's funny you say that because as, you know, same thing, you know, my vision boards, my goals, the more and more, and especially I get a lot of this from Abraham Hicks and her whole message, mm-hmm. you know, yes. one of the things that I've started like shifting my perspective and saying, okay, well, Mark, you, you know what you want, like if you have physical things, experiences, et cetera, as opposed to going for them, maybe go for the joy and just build up the joy. And then those things come as a byproduct, you know, as opposed to yes. this, human beings are so funny, aren't we? We like, we're like mm-hmm. fish, we're like a goldfish. We see a shiny object <laughs> and we like go for it <laughs> and, we, and it pushes it farther away. Right. And we're like, I want it. I want it. Right. The more, want it, the more it retreats from us. And then, and then we just get frustrated. Right. And then do something silly or stupid. Right. Right. And you see, there's the difference between sustainable and non, right? Because this is where people get tired. They're chasing after something. Yeah, you know? exactly. and it's, just, it's exhausting. But when you first can be, then you can do and have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is, and this is the thing that our society doesn't really, I, it's not, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive and it's like, okay, go for the thing, go for the thing, go for the thing. And meanwhile, like you said, there's no foundation of being, there's not even, there's, the houses are built on this shifty, very tenuous, like foundation that is like boards and rocks and little pebbles and things picked up along the way, like a birdhouse, right? It's not, it's not solid. Right. And then no wonder right. we crash how- so many times. Right. I mean, look at, just look around how many people grow up they're, They do what they're told to do. They grow up, they go to school, they graduate high school, they go to college, they get married, they have 2.5 kids, a dog, a white picket fence and their sure. life. And then they wake up Then they wake up like you and I do and are almost mm-hmm. 40. And well, I'm almost 50 now, but I was, You're my awakening. W- awakening time was right. when I turned 40 was for, so in most people, it's about four, wake up and go, this yeah. is it. I mean, what? <laughs> right. Well, 
oh my God, I went to this Ivy League school. I had this great job. I've got this wife and two kids. I don't even like any of them and I don't like myself right. either. <laughs> right, and I'm, I'm doing something, I'm, you know, I'm suppressing my true person, right? That, that's totally true, totally. It's so true because they haven't done the work. How many people, uh, it doesn't matter what your education is, your 4K is, what you have or what you don't. How many people truly are pouring into themselves and self-improvement doing this kind of work, you know, take, we'll spend $5,000 on a vacation. Oh, you sure. know, we're oh, there. Totally. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but how many people are pulling over, you know what I'm saying? And paying $5,000 to sit in an office with somebody like me or on your podcast with you <laughs> or everyone. Do you know what I'm saying? It's 85% yeah. of people aren't doing, but the 15% that are, yeah, those are the ones that have the foundational sustainable success. Right. It, it's so funny you mentioned this, and this kind of ties into one of the things we're talking about is, you know, this notion that we perceive other people as we are, and we think that, oh, well, if, if I know this, then everyone else knows it. Uh, right. Well, for, for years, <laughs> be, before I launched the podcast and before I started building this business and the books around personal development and personal transformation, I just, it was, it was kind of, I did this in the closet. You know, I would read my personal development books and I would do all these little retreats and things and stuff like that. And so I just assumed everyone else was doing that too until finally okay. I, I real, had this realization, well, maybe they aren't doing this, you know, and, you, and then you kind of start sharing. I shared my passion with the world, but it's this, you know, we, we see the world the way we think, with the way we are as opposed to what's, what it really is, which is dangerous to a degree. Right. Yeah. Well, everything's self-perception, right? Yeah. But where are we coming from? Like, when I do my seven levels, my seven levels are the energetic self-perception. So if we wake up and go, wow, I'm looking at the world from all my victim and conflict eyes. <laughs> or, <laughs> right? I no, mean, wonder, no wonder I'm having these experiences, right? Right. And no wonder we have so much evil, really, too, at the same time. Sure. you know. But at sure. the same time, when we look at the eyes from, wow, forgiveness, non-judgment, reconciliation, peace, compassion, forgiveness, take responsibility, cooperate, acceptance, service, mm -hmm. wisdom. Mm -hmm. oh, we start seeing we, it all, right? <laughs> you start going, wow, okay, I'm only going to pit stop there. Today I'm in my conflict or today I'm in my victim mode. But see, now I'm intentional and conscious, right? So now I'll go, wow, I'm playing the victim right now. How long am I going to sit here with my Ben and Jerry's? Right, you know? right, totally, right, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm conscious, right? But we got to get the word out and help people get conscious of what they're doing. Because if they would change their core, their energy, their foundation of who they are, because they ha can do it themselves. They need they need people like us to come alongside them, champion them, right. to help them give the tools. Guess what happens? They shift that. They change their life. They change. That's how the world gets changed. That's how their families get changed. That's how their community gets changed. Right. It, it all starts w with each of us. And that's, that's the responsibility we all have, isn't it? It's so true. And we're sitting there pointing our finger, yelling at everybody else. <laughs> well, yeah, that's you how it, it's so much easier to change the world, to, to change everyone else. And for our own fe good feeling and happiness, isn't it? And we don't have to do any of the hard work, right? We don't have to dig up right. the skeletons and, you know, or, or tear down the foundation. Right. And it's hard to do it, but it's the best work ever. I'll say it over and over. This is the hardest work ever do, but the most freedoms in it, the best work and you soar, you begin to soar. No, life isn't a box of chocolates. I have really hard mm -hmm. times. I'm going through them right now. I'm in some really hard times right now in my life, but to be, have the joy and the perseverance and know that this is something I'm going through. It doesn't necessarily mean it's happening to me. I'm going through something and 
there it's so it's such um you know it's like a backpack of tools instead of a backpack of baggage yeah. do you know what i mean it's it's a whole different way of living life well and and i hope people listen to what you just said because also talking about your the uh, few moments back when you're saying, hey, once you g- connect with that joy, no matter what life throws at you, joy is always going to buoy you up, right? Instead of life pulling you down, because there's nothing stronger, in my opinion, than the joy that we all have. It can fight anything. It can take yeah. care of it. But see, I don't, since people have kind of disconnected themselves with their source of joy or that true nature of them, I think they don't have anything mm-hmm. to fall back on. And they're like, duking it out and it, they feel like they're taking on the whole world and they're just a, a puny, limited human being. And no wonder people cave and people collapse and give up. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame them. Like mm-hmm. I said, I've been there myself, like you said. Right. But once you have that joy yeah. and connection, it's like any struggle pales in comparison. Yeah, it's still challenging, but you know, you're always, you've got the whole universe at your back and it's like, okay, well, I can get through it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and we're not taught that um, we, we're letting our days own us instead of us own the day, oh, right? I if we don't that. get up, I mean, it's so important. You know, I get up and have my routine in the morning. And that's so important to me mm-hmm. to start my day that way. Uh, it's it lear- You learn habits, you learn discipline. It all starts there. You have to have these habits and discipline. And it's it's hard, you know, and we were talking, we touched on it last time a little bit, just about it, it, to what we read, to what we write, to what we listen to to what we eat yeah it all goes in you doesn't know, it, it it's just all goes in and it's like you know in the, the consequences of what are we allowing if we're trying to go uphill and we have a vision and a goal and we want to create the life that we dream we have to be aware of what are our downhill habits of keeping us downhill mm-hmm. and that could be easy as a right. cookie yeah and that cookie is so hard to give up i'm not saying it's as easy as a cookie but but discipline is yeah self-discipline put down the cookie yeah, if it doesn't contribute to your your goal, right? It's it's right. a non-issue. It's a, you, why have it? Right. So it's so so one of my one of my key exercises for me every day. Does this add value to me or mm. you know? No, I don't take it. Okay, am I adding? Will I add value to this? Yes or no? Then I do it. Either I because my life is spent. I want to add value to you. If I'm not yeah. adding value, you know, it's that's what's important. And if it and if I'm going to take something in, it should be adding value to my life. Yeah, I, I love that. And it comes down to that simple question, right? It's a simple yes or no. There's no gray area, is there? That's right. That's right. Um, and I think these are things that like we're not taught with these tools. Like I want to talk about something called. Uh, I have one of these tools called. I call it the Gales. Okay. And um, the first one, the Gale, is kind of our inner critic, right? We have this voice inside us, um, and I call it, for me, I call it the gremlin. Okay, I love and it. so it's you love it. Yeah. It's the inner critic. It's I'm not good enough. Oh. So we have this voice inside us that goes, "I'm not good enough," so I can't do that. I could never go do that. I'm not good enough. That inner critic. Mm-hmm. We are, and this is huge. So I can't wait to hear it. It's so big because we all mm-hmm. have it, right? We want that, but then we could get right there and go, "Oh no, I don't have the skill set for that," yeah. or "Oh no, I don't, I don't have the right part. I'm not, I don't have the right. I didn't, <laughs> not right family, not right money, not right car, not education. I don't speak well. No. I don't look right. Whatever it is, I was too abused. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things. I come from the dysfunction. All of it. So there's that inner critic saying, "Not good enough." So I try to help people like for me, if you can actually picture that, it helps to get rid of it. Like um, realize it's a part of who you are. We all have it, but it doesn't have to run and dictate our life, but we're not taught this, right? 
So I kind of make a little silly thing of this, but it was huge for me when I had the revelation of like, you know, this one voice on one shoulder saying, you can't do that. You're not good enough. Nah, nah, nah. You can't do it. You know what I mean? And this other voice going, I want to go for it. And the other one saying, no. Well, I don't know if any of your audience or you're familiar with all the Shrek movies. I am because I have children. But there, there is a character on the Shrek movies called Mr. Rumpelstiltskin. And he's this little tiny guy with this fiery red hair. And, and he's, he's the one that comes in to steal oh, Shrek's life. Is he, the, is he the negative voice, the personification of the okay? Yes. Yeah. And he comes in and he, he's like, nah, 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 nah. and he lies and he tells Shrek to sign this contract and he'll have the life of his dreams. But he, what he does is he steals Shrek's life. Oh, okay. Bad guy. <laughs> Bad guy. Right. So, so I, I had this moment of like, wow. Okay. So if we could actually say, you know, it sounds silly, but when I actually said, wow, I'm going to get me a Mr. Rumpelstiltskin. So I did. And I had him for years. I'm, I don't, but, he must be checked. Like a little somewhere. doll, like a little toy to remind yeah, you. Okay. I ordered him. Yeah. And every time fear would pop up and I don't have him out anymore, but this was years ago, but it really was a great tool for a while because it was like every time fear popped up and said that I couldn't do it. I looked at him and said, you are a liar. Yeah, that's you, a great tool. I love it. Isn't it great? I go, you are a liar and you come to still kill and destroy. Yeah. So again, so talking about that that specific tool and your realization of that, did you yeah. hit a, a point when it was like the light bulb came on or was it a slow yeah. light bulb? Did, some, did the Shrek movie turn the light bulb on or did you already know this? No, I. it was funny because when I was learning this tool myself, this is years ago, we're talking, sure. uh, I don't know, eight years ago, seven years ago. But when, we, when I first learned this tool, I came up with what would be my gremlin. Like it, it was a great tool. That's why I try to help my clients too. Can you name your gremlin, make something of your gremlin? Is it a puppet? I don't know, whatever it could be. It sounds silly, but you know, because some people make this per- perfection as their inner critics. You know what I mean? Like they, everything has to be perfect. And um, so I just came up with, when I, I, I don't know, I had this aha moment of this Mr. Rumpelstiltskin because he was a liar. He was manipulating. He wasn't telling mm-hmm. the truth. And that's our inner critic. We are good enough. We are all good enough. Yeah. Oh, be, I, I think sometimes that realization comes up, like you mentioned, of the inner critic. When we mm-hmm. have set a goal and our higher self knows that, hey, I'm going to help you get to know your inner critic before you got to, because you got to get through your inner critic to get the goal. It's like a, yeah, we, it's like a helping hand that we get, but we've got to be faced with that. That's such a great uh, idea to put a name and a visual thing to it. Yeah. I just, I found that powerful. Like, and and it became so powerful for me that now I don't have to have that actual visual, right? Because now it's part of who I am. But, um, but I'll probably dig him out now that you and I are talking about yeah. it. Well, but, well, yeah, like I said, once you, you know, slay the dragon, you don't need to go and slay yes. it every day, maybe just every couple of weeks or months or whatever, right? Yes, when it kind of re- wants to rear yeah. its ugly head and take over. But um, so that's something that, um, you know, is something, uh, just something to be thinking about, right? People just to become aware of that what's mm-hmm. holding us back. That inner critic, it's true, it's there, but it's not that it's not true that it's supposed to run our life. You have power yeah. over it. Right. And, 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 you know, I heard something the other day where, uh, again, if we, if we don't ever stretch or reach or reach for something more, the inner critic doesn't have to come, come to work that day or that month <laughs> or that year, right? Because there's nothing for them to hold back. It's only when we're setting that new goal. And I know this is like in my life, you know, when I was just kind of on autopilot living in the comfort bubble, uh, there was never, the inner critic was kind of silent, right? I mean, he's taking a big, big, yes. but as soon as you set a goal, then they're like, oh, I got to punch in and start getting, to, getting to work on this guy. Right. 
Right. And it's just, it's so true. You know, another, mm-hmm. another one, I, I think, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I think some people, I think some people haven't met their inner critic, like you were fortunate to meet your inner critic. Whereas if you haven't met them, then that's even, you know, you still got to bring them to the awareness, don't you? Right. Yeah. And it's a powerful tool, right? And once you become aware of it and you know it and you can bring it and put a name on it. Wow. Guess what? You just took the power from it. You took totally. your power back. Totally. You know, assumptions is another one, right? A lot of people have these assumptions. Um, I was another person that had the same thing. Wow, well, that I can't do that because, you know, it happened in my past and that's just the way it turns out for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the assumptions so, created your reality, right? Yes, right. So I think that um, a lot of people uh, will stay stuck because they won't try something again mm-hmm. because they had a bad experience. Right, and they assume they just can't do it. Why bother? Right. Yeah. So it how did you, how did you get, how did you get past or find out how to work with your assumptions and, and tweak them? Well, you know, I just tweaked them with this. It's like, okay, it happened in my past and that's real and that's true. But how true is it that it has to happen in my future again? Mm, yeah. You know, and if you think about that, like how true is it really have to happen? Like I bought into that it did. But then when mm-hmm. I realize, well, how true is it really that it does? No, yeah. it doesn't. Hey, well, once you once you take control of the wheel, then then you know it doesn't have to probably, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm. And you know, and then in situations like, um, you know, there's interpretations. Another thing, interpretations get people stuck too because when one thing goes wrong, they have an interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. So we have these interpretations that can keep us stuck too. Instead of saying uh, the, how you shift out of that is, well, what's another way to look at it? Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when something mm-hmm. happens and people get, you know, they get stuck or they get caught up in, you know, thrown in the towel because something happened. Mm-hmm. And they take one interpretation of it, that's it. And they stay locked in that one view. Yeah. They don't, they can't get a broader perspective, can they? No. And if you, and if you show people the tool on how to do that, oh. Yeah. And then they, then they're, then they're like, oh, I can keep, I can keep going. It's just a small little blip, right? Right. Wow. Which is, you know, is not powerful it, it, too. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, Be, because how, there's so how many, many people have been shut down because of, like you said, one little bad seed in the consciousness or bad thing that closes the whole operation down, right? And then they just close the doors. Meanwhile, they were just a, a, a moment away from a big breakthrough or a moment away from a success that would have, you know, sustained them. Right. Wow. Yeah. And the, these mm. are the energy blocks, you know? I mean, these are, these are your inner critic. These are the four energy blocks. Your inner critic, that gremlin that I called. Your assumptions keep you stuck in your past so you can't move forward. Interpretations, only looking at something one way. There is another way. And if you can't think of it, what would somebody outside of it, what would be their mm-hmm. interpretation? Get people to help stretch yeah. your thinking. Um, limited beliefs, you know, limited beliefs. Um, how, how do your beliefs hinder or help you? Yeah. Speaking of beliefs, what is, uh, how do you, how do you, I guess, um, remodel or demolish and build up beliefs? Do you have a, do you have a tool or a process that you work with either on your own or with your clients? Because obviously beliefs are huge, uh, that you maybe do Mm -hmm. daily or that you, you know, write down like, uh, past beliefs that didn't get me where I want to be and current beliefs that I need to override those. What, what tool do you use, if any, on, on beliefs? 
Well, like on beliefs, you know, when you, when I first start working for some, you know, it's all unfolding people's belief systems, even understanding what they are, because most Mm -hmm. people don't even know what they are. But for me, I had, you know, mine are so different now, right? Because I had all these false belief systems that I believed, (laughs) you know, I had, you know, but now I wear a new set Mm -hmm. set of sunglasses, (laughs) you know, but but they were limiting me. Like, here's an example of a limiting belief. I'll just use this because mm-hmm. everybody's married and divorced or never mm-hmm. married or, or they've been married several times. I'm never going to get married again <laughs> because statistics show that more than half of marriages get to, they get divorced, totally, right? Totally. Uh-huh. Or, or, or I haven't so ever had a successful that. relationship and so it's just not going to happen. So, and I give up to it, right? <laughs> I give up hope. Right. So then you accept this limiting belief as yeah. true because you've learned, you know, you've learned it from someone else's someone else, or you've had your own experience, but you're, you're staying stuck, stuck in it and you're mm-hmm. buying into it. And so, um, it's just, it's almost as simple as this. Some of these things are so simple, sure. but they are so hard, right? How true is it for you? How true is it for me that I'm never going to get married again? I'm not going to limit myself to anything anymore. I've had so much pain and joy in my life that I'm not limiting myself to anything. (laughs) Right. Well, well, and and once you've seen, well, like you say, once you tap into the tools, you know that it's possible. But like you said, if you don't have access to them, then it's like we, we human beings, in many ways, we're so easily dissuaded. We're like one little small push down or one little skin knee and we totally give up on life. Like I can't do it uh, is, you know, whether it's relationships or business or whatever. Right. And so these are, that's why it's so important. People should really look for, um, to pour into themselves and personal development because the, the outcomes and the, the rewards of this, you know, you, if you stay around naysayers and dream stealers and negative people, that's what your life, that's what you're going to have too. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and there's more of those out there. Right. Yeah. Because like, well, like you said, the, back to the, like you said, the 85% of the people don't want to do the inner work for whatever reason. Right. And, and in a way I don't blame them. Cause like you said, it does suck sometimes, but that's where all the goodness and the gold yeah. is, you know? Right. And, and that's why I wanted to go over the four energy blocks, right? These limiting beliefs, these assumption interpretations and the gremlin, right? The inner critic. Cause a lot of times we don't want to do the work because we don't feel like it's going to change anyway. And we're not good enough. Mm, yeah, you're. That's. I love that you said that because yeah, if, if people don't see a payoff or that, why, why do I want to go through all this struggle and stuff? And they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel because they can't visually see. It. Like you said, they're not wearing the right gla- glasses. Then they're never going right. to do the work, are they? I wouldn't do it either. Right. Right. And guess what? What they're doing isn't working for them. Right. But they are willing to just exist in their life. And, and, and continue for the rest of their life, listening to their inner core cry out that they always wanted something different. Mm -hmm. And that, that inner core, that voice is saying there is something different for you. Yeah. Well, and and one one of the things for me, and I know that for a lot of the world and, or, you know, more predominantly in the U S was when, when the financial crash happened and and the structures, these make-believe structures that have been built up, like you said, go to school, get married, get a job, live your life. And when those crumble, then people have no choice, but to to dig in, right? And we can all do it. But if life is all hunky-dory, that's why I say, if you're living in a cocoon that is really big and really awesome, and maybe you've got all sorts of resources, there's no reason to wake up, right? There's no impetus. No, right. If, if but when, they, when structures collapse and it's like, well, I either build, I either stay here in the rubble or I go build a new dream, right? 
Mm-hmm. Right. There's two ways to go. Right. Yeah. Exactly what mm-hmm. you just said. They can say, oh, mm-hmm. it's all over or wow, I'm, I'm a, there's opportunity in this. <laughs> yeah. Because some people did stay in the rubble and they're just going yeah. to live their lives there. I didn't, I don't want to stay in that rubble. You know, for me, it was more of an internal realization as far as like a, as a, I mean, it coincided with the changes in the structural and corporate America and in, in our, in our society and culture, but it was, yeah. both, it was both internal and external. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just taking just at our lives at any level, you know what I mean? It's like I, I looked at mine as like, okay, a bomb went off and all I've got left is shrapnel sitting around. Yeah. And what am I going to do with it? You know, yeah. and I was so painful and I was so depressed and I was just so hurt. And I felt like my life was ripped off yeah. from me, you know? Yeah. 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 I can and imagine I, like that. That's like, that's like dying before you die. Right. Everything you had and loved right. and were is gone. Right. I can only imagine. Yeah. But you. You know, but can you imagine this? This is such a great exercise. I love to have my clients do this. I I have friends and family do this, is to sit with somebody, your loved one or friend, knee to knee and set the timer on your microwave or your phone for three minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't have a microwave, but uh, you know, your phone, your time, but most people have them. I don't use them. So anyway, you sit, I know, I had to throw that in there. So I knee to knee, um, and set a timer for three minutes or two minutes and just tell that person, one person talk at a time, take the whole two minutes or three and just tell them what you're thankful for about them. Mm. Wow. And, and what that does is two and three minutes, it's long. You're down to telling people huh. I'm thankful for my socks. I'm thankful for you. Right. you, 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 you what are you thankful? <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, but what it does is it shifts energy and it brings gratitude. Mm. Wow. And so it's as simple as being, you know, if we start our day every day with gratitude, what we do have, Mm -hmm. and it could be life and breath. Yeah. I, 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 I I do the simple things too. Sometimes when I'm Mm -hmm. having to reach because, because that is a practice, Michelle, that is, Mm -hmm. we are all, we all need more work at that. Right. Cause we're so focused on what's wrong. What's the problem? What's the problem? I can name the problem all day long. But when I say things that are going right, it's like, "Hmm, let me, let me think about this. Even though there's, just as many, if not more, right? Oh, I like that yeah. practice. And that's a big tool. Yeah. And this is a big tool too. Instead of what's wrong, and this is a big one for me, what's mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What's mm-hmm. right? Like what you're just saying. And just keep asking that because I do that a lot in my coaching. When people want to stay in that place, tell me what's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Shifting. Or, you know, sometimes shifting. And sometimes what helps too, if somebody is so stuck, and they go on and on and it's real i i again i always use the word diminished because you know mm-hmm. life yeah 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 it can be, yeah you know life life can be it can mm-hmm. be lonely painful um you know wondering you know when you're when you're walking around why am i here why isn't it going the way i want i mean right. those are some really dark days right and everyone dark no. dark days are they're not fun but i want i'm here to speak light and tell people and get out of dark but but um so, so you said when your clients are in that, in, in the really oh, deep, so what do you do? Yes. What's the tool? Oh, yes. Thank you for helping me there. I just lost <laughs> Is it, can you imagine asking somebody, why isn't it worse? Ooh. So you, so you, you actually like put, push that. It, it does that, that almost seems like it would wake them up and go, Hey, what are you doing here? You trying to make me more, what, what happens when you do that? Yeah. Well, you, you know, I mean, there, that's always on intuition mm-hmm. and every client different, right? Sometimes if somebody's so stuck, 
Wow. And I and I can do it, right? I mean, I can do mm-hmm. this because I've been in these places. <laughs> I, I I have been to in that same that person, like let everything there is no way out. <laughs> sure. Well, and, and that's what makes you a better coach, right? You have that yeah. you can connect and say, Well, boy, I can see where this person is. I know exactly what they need because it's what you needed. I love that. Yeah. And so sometimes that can be so powerful. Or, you know, I mean, then people that can bring people to gratitude. Let's just start with Wow, mm. I got up and took a shower today. If it's that bad, do you know what I mean? If yeah. it's you know, just bringing baby steps. This is all baby steps, is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, it, it's it's like that whole saying, you know, how do you eat an elephant mm-hmm. one bite at a time? Yeah. I mean, it took me a long time to even understand that that saying. You know yeah. what I say? Well, one of the things I but, uh, go or go ahead. No, just well, one of the things I speaking to that point of how do you eat an elephant for me. One of the things that I, it's almost like you, you want to be ignorant about one, like we've talked about how hard it really is and what's really ahead of you. Mm-hmm. If, you if you just take that one step at a time or have blinders on that only show you the first step, then that's easy to kind of like the Alcoholics Anonymous, like just for today, what do, what can I do? Because yeah. you can break it down bit by bit. It's easy. But if you say, okay, well, you know, mm-hmm. let's say using building a business, for example, if you say someone, okay, you're going to spend weekends, evenings, you're going to maybe lose friends, maybe lose family, you're going to have to give up all this. No one would do it. But yeah. if you say, hey, just for today, do this and then this and then this, and then pretty soon you're years down the road and it's you're you're well into it. But yeah, we get this, we get overwhelmed with thinking, oh, I, I can't do this for 20 years or whatever, right? Or I can't get out of this funk. But if it's like just for, maybe just for the second or for the minute, what's the, what's right. the thing you can reach for, right? Right. It's so true. Mm-hmm. You know, these smaller steps have bigger yeah. outcomes. We're told that we're told the opposite, right? But it's, you know, we got this grandiose thing happen to have a grandiose outcome. (laughs) Right. Well, and we're we're sold the false bill of goods, you know, from the movies and books and and popular culture that, hey, success happens overnight or success happens within the course of two hours. Look at this movie. They they were failing, then they did this and they did this and they succeed. And we buy into it because I think we want it to be easy, right? But it's really behind the scenes, there's like the the 10-year success run, right? 10 year overnight success. Most people don't want to hear that. I don't, they don't see that. That's not, that's not glamorous. That doesn't sell movies, right? (laughs) Right. But then if you tell them what you've been doing the last 10 years Mm -hmm. and they could be successfully monetarily, so let's just say that that's their, but their inner core and who they are, they're not happy. So that you tell you know, what if you, you can choose this life, but there's another way to Mm -hmm. live. And I think that's, um, you know, sometimes I'll tell people, okay, we're, I don't really like to go 10 years out. I like five years or Mm -hmm. just do one year, you know, let's do, let's do a one year goal. Where where do you want to, where do you want to be living in one year? What do you want to be making? Who do you Mm want to be with? What do you want to be contributing or what? whatever that is one year from now or five years from now. Okay. Let's be there and let's work it backwards. Now, how did you get there? Can you tell me? Mm-hmm. And then you have them develop a plan. Right. Because guess what? Some of that things was, is just what you said. Well, like I, I lost some friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went through some hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the landscape look like if you really play it out, like what you're saying, people go, cause it just doesn't, it, it it just doesn't happen overnight what you're saying, mm-hmm. but at the same time, this whole way of life um, is so much better. There's work in it, but it's so much better than being living your life at mediocrity and not happy and having that inner cry not aligned oh, with your exterior. It. And all you do is have this inner cry of your life. 
Yeah, I, I love that. I, I look at it as, and I kind of t- tell this, you know, because we're all on this, are all on our journey going to where yes. our, our oasis is, you know, and I, I yes. kind of tell people that it feels like, it feels like I've got a machete and I see paradise and I'm going through the jungle. I see paradise over by the beach, but I've got to go through the jungle and you've got, you have to forge the path as you go. You don't, you, there's yes. no, there's no path because we're all inventing our own, you know, we're all inventing our own lives. And so it's like, Hey, if you want to get to the paradise, which we all do, you got to go through this jungle with no path and, and this machete, right? Right. Yeah. And, and these are the things that no. are told, right? That's why, like, I mean, I become so passionate too, because when I meet people, I tell them what's inside you that you've been just keeping inside you all this time. Mm. It's time to get it out and it's time to live it. And you can live it. We can get aligned with your calling and your purpose. You can finally live that. What would that be worth to wow. you? Oh, I mean, infinite people. I'm sure people's eyes just awaken, awaken. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. I mean, it's powerful stuff, right? This is, you know, I, I hear just like what you're saying about forging through with the machete. I love mm-hmm. that. I, I just did this exercise in a class too, kind of the same thing, but different where they had us, um, had everybody cross the room, but you, you had to cross it different. You could not one person do it the same way. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, everybody wants to be the first two or three people because one wants sure. to walk. Take the you easy know, route, right? <laughs> right. Pretty soon, if you're the 25th person, you're like trying to walk across the room <laughs> with one hand and you don't really know how to do it. But, right. but the point, the point is everyone did it and they found a way. Mm. And that was the point of, you know, having a goal and success in the dream of your life. There's more than one way to do it. Yeah. Well, that's a great exercise because that's another challenge I think we have to get over as human beings is, you know, this conformity. We're, we're all put into the hopper and then we, we pop out as little conformed beings doing the same thing or mostly the same thing. And we lose our ability to create stuff and have ideas. And it's like, oh, I don't even know how to get across the room in a different way other than one way, right? Right, right. But then when people do it, they step out of their fear, they start getting creative, they're out of catabolic energy, they're an anabolic, they're becoming passionate, and they're starting to create, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, they're figuring it out. Oh, I can do it. And I mean, how many people are going to work every day, they hate their lives, they hate their job, they're depressed, they're unmotivated, they're Mm -hmm. becoming lazy. And, and, and I say all that, because I've been there too. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> right? Yeah. But we can go out and stretch ourselves and start creating what we really want. But we get, it's a limited belief to say we, mm-hmm. I, I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck and have no money. I know what it's like to have money and no money and go through those seasons of life. And I'm going through them all now. And mm-hmm. it's like, but we limit ourselves by saying, I don't have this. I don't have enough money. I can't do that. Those are all false limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're true limiting beliefs, but they're false. They're, they're not, you don't have to live like that. It's false. It keeps you stuck. Well, and, and that's why I think what you touched on prior is, you know, examining those beliefs and, and starting to reprogram them and just one by one knocking them down because you're right. That's where it all happens until we, it seems like there's a, there's a period of time when we're, our life may be still suck and we're, we're diving into these beliefs and we're kind of groping in the dark kind of, we have to go a little bit on faith knowing yes. that it's going to get better, but for a while it's going to get really sucky because not only is our life suck, but now we're doing this internal work that isn't very fun at all. So we've got this double whammy right. against us, but slowly for me, when I start to get excited is when I'm doing the inner work and I see things in my experience mat- miraculously mm-hmm. come about, then th- then I write those down. I keep a little journal. I say, because otherwise 
I will, I have a tendency to go back and say, well, it's not working. But if you have the journal of it is working and you can go back in the concrete evidence, you know, it's because we need, we need those little carrots along the way or else we just lose hope. You right. Know? Right. And that's why I loved what you said, the faith, because there's some, t- this is the key right here. Sometimes there's just more power in the faith than the proof. Yes, yes, but yeah, there's there is definitely a transitional period, like mm-hmm. you know, where we have to go, we have to let go of everything and say, okay, well, if I want my life to get better, I've got to got to go into this darkness, and I don't know what's going to happen, right? But right. that's why I say sometimes if life gets pushes us enough or gets uncomfortable enough, then we say, well, anything's better than this, right? And we just go into the darkness. Right. Yeah. I think it's important that people have foundational principles they live by and that they have values they live by. A lot of people don't even know what those are and they don't they don't know what theirs are. Mm-hmm. So this is what's so fun about life coaching too and doing programs, right? Because you get to map that out. What do I want to live by? What's important to me? So, you know, sometimes, um, you know, without a map, you're, you, you really right. don't get anywhere, right? right. You, you get lost. So these are, these are the things that aren't taught in school either. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, they're not. Right, right. These foundation principles. So, when it comes to foundation, mm-hmm. do you teach your client what, what? What is the concept that you teach your clients? I mean, how do you build that? Start that building a foundation with these, with, with like a clean slate, or do you? How, how do you approach that with them? You know, like I share mine. I ask them first. You know, what are theirs? And you know, sometimes people will say, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't really even think about that. I don't really." Yeah, they're like, "What, what are you talking?" They're like talking a foreign language, probably, right? Right. But you know what's so fun is you get to them, and you. This is some of the homework that I would give. Wow, why don't you think about those this week? This will be your homework. This is great homework. Mm-hmm. Why don't you mm-hmm. think yeah. about some, and see what pops up this week when we meet next week. Let's talk about mm-hmm. some ways you really want to start living your life by. They might show up with something like, you know, and start, you know, and I can share mine, you know, because mm-hmm. I write mine on, they, I keep them with me. They're on three by five car. They're all over the place, mm-hmm. right? Because I want to live my life. So it becomes who I am. Yeah. Um, and values and understanding what values are and what I live by. And so, and what they want to live by and what their values are, because it's about them and their agenda. But the point is, is just helping people identify these things that, you know, they're just waking up every day and just being at the yeah. effects of life. And they have no, they have no vision. They have no plan. And they can, they can have an exciting life, be fulfilled, be successful. And it doesn't have to do with anything that they think they can, that's not attainable for them. Yeah. Oh, it's so awesome. That they think. Isn't that powerful? It's hugely I mean, powerful. Yeah. These, these are the tools that let, you know, that you share with your clients that people need, even at a young age. You know, one of the things I, yes. I think about, because it's, it's all like, even like you've touched on at different points, you know, once you have the tool, you still have to get adept at using it and use it on a daily basis. And I think, gosh, if, if kids had these tools when from the day they start preschool or kindergarten, imagine how, how well they'd be able to use them by the time they reach their twenties and thirties, as opposed to starting when you're 40, right? It, Right. Yes. Yeah. I was, um, you know, it just brings out, I'll tell a quick short story. I was meeting actually with a teenager Mm -hmm. this past week and this comes from a very accomplished family, very successful, very Mm -hmm. intelligent people, um, very competitive and just this wonderful, just they're, they're amazing people. But I was talking to, uh, this young man and he was saying, talking about how he has trouble with sometimes just communicating. Oh, and, um, and I, and I asked him, I said, um, 
because he was talking about everyone's accomplishment, a really smart kid who just mm-hmm. speaks all these languages and will just, but see, and this is my point about, it's wonderful to be totally intelligent mm-hmm. and have these big goals and all these money, all those things are beautiful. But at the same time, it came down to his core. What he really was saying was he was afraid to be authentic mm-hmm his true self because of all of these pressures of having all of these, you know, accomplishing all of these things. Yeah. So what he was saying was he was lacking in intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. And when I say intimate relationships, I'm just talking about intimate conversation, being transparent, authentic, who I truly really am and just could share and talk. Sure. So I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I love that story because it sounds to me like that that's a prime story of, the blessing is the curse. Like you said, there's a lot of blessings in his life and, and the blessings mm-hmm. that he has are also this double-edged sword. So um, I would love to hear wh- how, what your, what your coaching was in that specific s- situation. Cause he has to, he has to do like, like, like I was talking about, he's got to go through his own jungle with the machete. Yeah. So, so how do you approach that? Well, I asked him what he wanted in relationships because he shared about, you know, he wanted relationships that were balanced because he's a big server. Mm -hmm. He's a big giver. Mm -hmm. And he was that's not reciprocated. And but then also he doesn't really he doesn't really he can't be um, very authentic in his um, communicating. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, he was feeling he couldn't be. So my question to him was, what do you want a relationship to look like? And as he was explaining that and how he wanted to be, um, you know, I just used the example that we are only um, responsible for our side of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when he said he wanted friends to show up different, you know, he was saying, I want friends to show up different. I'm always the one maybe, but I can't really get that same back, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, Cause maybe he's always, you know, trying to help out, give a ride or pay for a lunch, or I'm just using examples of things. He's a giver, like you said. Right. Mm -hmm. He's a giver. So then when I said to him, oh, I know you want people to, um, you want the, what I'm hearing you say is you want these more intimate relationships where you can, you know, be authentic and transparent about yourself. Well, let me ask you this. If you want that from other people, are you being that? Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he's like, well, I never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. I go, you know, and then I challenged him in like, who's in your inner circle and outer circle. And that's another subject of who you want close, you know, and who you want to share with. But I said, you know, if you show up different, people will show up yeah, different. Yeah, we, we, we teach people how to treat us, don't we? Uh, subconsciously even. Right. Yeah. And if they're not supposed to be in your life, you, you, if you keep doing that, they're going to go away or the other ones will gravitate towards you. They're supposed to. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've touched on an interesting point in this, because um, because really, you know, when when he changes and when we all change, then everything our experiences are going to change. But we we forget we have that power, right? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, it was so exciting because I met with him a week later, and he used an example. And so I'm not saying names; I can talk mm-hmm, about it. Sure. But I um, he used an example about like he has these amazing parents; mm-hmm. they're amazing. But he wanted to spend more time with his dad, like doing mm-hmm. stuff. And, and he just assumed his assumption was that, or, or his interpretation that cause his dad worked, he didn't spend a lot of time with him cause his dad works really hard. Mm-hmm. He's a great provider. He's, you know, big time job and all these things. And so, um, so he showed up for his dad and said, Hey, mm-hmm. you know, he made these plans, these ideas. And his dad said, yeah, let's do it. So he was so excited. <laughs> yeah. He took that, the reins. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause they, 
He took the reins. So I said, I, and that's what I told him. I said, congratulations. You just took the lead of your life and you're creating what you want with your dad. Wow. What a breakthrough. And your dad's meeting you. At yeah. It. Yeah. What a breakthrough, right? And that, and that belief that, that he had, that limiting belief is totally dissolved now. Yes. Because he was like, wow, I just never looked at it wow. from this perspective. Like, so now, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't mean my dad loves me any less just because he did. We, we even talked about, well, maybe your dad's doing his best and he's not even aware of it also. You can be the one showing that part. Right. Totally. Oh my I mean, gosh. I mean, isn't that cool? Because our parents don't teach us everything. We got to teach them some things. Right. And, and the awareness, you know, you know, one person can bring the awareness where the, at one point in time, and maybe his dad brings the awareness a different, you know, so it's like this give and take, isn't it? We all, we all are a player. We all have the ability. Right. And we and see, see how closed we can be. We can just be stuck and go, oh God, they never do that. Well, gosh, I don't either. <laughs> right, right, right. We we take the seat and say, well, expect them to make the 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 advance. I um I forget uh, the Darren Hardy, the publisher yes. of Success. You know, he has that little book called One Hundred Percent Zero Percent. Yes. Have you heard of this? Like how much of a, how much responsibility is are the relationships in your life? And everyone's like, well, fifty fifty. Or someone goes on out on the edge and goes fifty one forty nine. Right? <laughs> then he's like, well, no, they're hundred percent. You're hundred percent in charge. Yes. And everyone's kind of blown away, going, what? That's too much. Like that's too much. But he's like, hey, if you want it to work, like like your client does, you got to take a hundred percent of the responsibility. Yes. And, 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 and so yeah, it's huge because what the gift in that is that you're responsible for doing that hundred percent and however the other person shows up, it doesn't have anything to do if they show mm. they don't knowing that part isn't, but, but when we show up, like he's saying a hundred percent, wow, look what happens. Mm. I mean, yeah. you, now I've got this, you know, 17 year old who's going, whoa, okay. And my dad and I are getting a whole nother component to our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a tool that he'll, you know, then it becomes a stepping stone or a piece, a block in his foundation that's just going to make him have much more better experience in life throughout his whole life. Yeah. And he, that's right. He, he's doing it with his friends. He's figuring out which friend, you know, which friends are good for him and which ones aren't and how he wants to have the relationships and he's showing up different. And, and that's such, what a great tool. And you're right. Mm-hmm. So young to have it. I mean, if I wish I would have had this stuff when I was well, 18. Well, yeah. Dude, don't we all, right? Don't we all. <laughs> Right. But, um, well, you know, another, um, another thing I I just want to touch on really quick was, um, and I don't know if I touched on it last time, but another thing too, about who we are in our operating systems, you know, some of us are more emotional. Some of us are more logical. Some of us are just run by our intuition and, you know, and then we just kind of stay in that because that's something else we're taught. And that's kind of part of our makeup, who we are. But when we learn holographic thinking, you know, and we learn, um, that our brain, we can train our brain to use, mm-hmm. we can use our whole brain. So I, I always was a very highly emotional person. Um, and now I've really learned to stretch my logic and my intuition. So I'm more highly intuitive now. And I use a, a lot more logic mm-hmm. than I did in my early years. And yeah. um, it's something else that wasn't taught, right? We have these, these, traits that we just stay with right and um, you do what works right <laughs> yeah you do what works and then and but but we're missing out on a whole other area of life right. like of how we live our life so i love teaching this and challenging people uh there's no right or wrong but showing you know having more emotion is not right or wrong or having more logic isn't right or wrong but showing people how do you take intuition logic and emotion and balance them and use them in your life and be whole brain thinking when you make decisions mm, wow that 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 is a huge. I, I, that's that's really powerful. The, the one thing that I always think about when we start to, like you say, when you start to give the people their teach them more intuition coaching and stuff like that is, it seems like 
once, because I think we're all like intuitive on various levels and sometimes very yes. deeply, right? And and mm-hmm. I've seen this, I've read about this and I've seen this in different people where they're really intuitive and they have this this deep well of, of like touching the, the human experience, but they they it has overwhelmed them or they haven't because if you're given an amazing tool an amazing amazing gift you don't know how to use it you're never going to touch it because it's going to be scary it's going to be detrimental and mm-hmm. it could potentially harm you too right i mean i've heard that intuitive people they're taking mm-hmm. all the emotions right. in they're very empathic and and they could eventually be like life sucks really bad because they haven't been taught how to use their gift so i think that's yeah. great that you're starting people to learn teaching people how to use that gift because that's the best gift in the universe in my opinion <laughs> you know but <clears throat> Yeah, that's right. And so it's like, and how do we balance it with our brain? You know, that's what's so key, right? Because when I'll use me as an example, when I was just highly emotional. Sure. I mean, it's wonderful to be emotional. I mean, I'm that mm-hmm. lively. I, I feel everything, right? And I, I just, and I, and, but I, but I, but emotions, yeah. if I just run on emotions, I, I, I'm too emotional and I make, I can mm-hmm. make irrational decisions. I can do, I, I made a lot of poor choices just off emotions. But when I learned, wow, you know, I, my logic was so little, but I started mm-hmm. to expand on my logic and really started checking my gut, my intuition, right? You start, yeah. I mean, then you're just making sol- more, you're making solider decisions. It's, it's, you know, I mean, you can buy, just like talking about buying a house. Mm-hmm, right. oh, it's great. Let's buy it. And then a logical person, let's right. say, we'll write all this down. Right. And what does our intuition say? But just making it that basic. But when you use your whole brain, the outcomes mm-hmm. change. The outcomes change. Yeah. You get a better outcome, don't you? You get a better outcome because, and these are things that aren't are taught are not taught either. We just no. go, oh, this is what I'm given. It's what I have, and we don't challenge ourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, this notion of we just leave intuition on the back burner. We put it in the closet yeah. and just don't even address it, even though it's where all the good high level wisdom is. Yes. Instead, we're just teaching people, like you said, either to be emotional decision makers or intellectual decision makers, both of which yes. are totally lacking. Right. The core component. Right, right. So how do we put whole brain thinking together and holograph thinking? So it's another thing I'd love to challenge people, you know, and it just gets people thinking and then wow. And then they make, you know, when you start having awareness in these aha moments and then you, you show up different and you start using these tools, you know, like you're saying, the mm-hmm. outcomes are better. Life is getting better and you're living more anabolic. You have less, you have so much, um, you're getting more, um, you're getting out of the catabolic living. You, you're, you're becoming more and more anabolic in everything that you do. And that, mm-hmm. and that's where your joy, you know, through the even hard circumstance, that's the peace in the circumstance. That's kind of the constant joy that we can have where in our ups and downs, we can stay consistent. And, Less catabolic energy is less distracting. Yeah, when they start purging purging that out of their physiology, I, I take it. Yeah, because if you don't use all your giftings too, right, it can become catabolic. If I'm just highly emotional making decisions, mm-hmm. you know, out of it could turn into fear. Sure, sure. Well, and like you said, you're not making you're not accessing that high level aspect of yourself. You're just, you know, which emotions are valuable, like you said, but it's not it's not that yes. higher higher wisdom. Right. That's right. So those are the things just, these are just tools that are just, they're life changing tools that they're just not taught. And this is, I mean, and I, my heart is so passionate for, there's people out there, they're in marriages, they're unhappy. 
They could have great marriages and they mm-hmm. don't know it. You know, I mean, I, I, I even though I'm divorced, I, I, be, I'm an mm-hmm. advocate for marriage. I believe in marriage. I think any marriage can endure anything, and you can have a wonderful, yeah. joyous marriage. But people don't have the tools to know how to even show up in their marriage, and there's right. too much blame going on. And I'm committed. You know, I want to help people. I've helped marriages get better. They come through a coaching program. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Marriages get better. Working relationships get better. I mean, without these tools. Um, we, we stay in that, and I use the word mediocrity, but there's another, just that kind of catabolic. It's just. Yeah. We say that, well, it's the lower, the lower consciousness realm, right? We're just right. like, it, it's easier to scrap it. And you know, we're, we're like a throwaway society and I'm just as guilty as of this yeah. as the next person. You yeah. know, historically when something got difficult, whether it's a relationship or whatever, oh, just scrap it. You know, don't get yeah. back to that comfortaholic business. Well, if I'm a comfortaholic, yes. I'm never, I don't need to go into the pain of looking inside or whatever. I'm just going to scrap it and get a new one, right? Right. And, and guess what? I'm just, I'm just going to keep surviving <laughs> when I really want to be thriving. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause the next relationship is going to be the same, you know, right. <laughs> back cause I never did the changing. So it's like, okay, but you know, but yeah, so many people go through that and it's like, scrap it, scrap it, scrap it. And then eventually you realize, well, I got to face the music here and I might as well do the work, you know, or it's not going to get better. Right. And if you don't do the work, like you're saying, it shows up. That's that operating system, right? If I have unforgiveness and I was really harmed as a child or, or, mm-hmm. or I was hurt by somebody, and if I don't do the work, that's showing up everywhere in my life, wherever I go and what I do. Yeah. That's that distractive catabolic energy that will keep me in that snare, right? It'll keep me not in my fullest potential. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm, I'm, I want to speak to everyone out there. If you are surviving, you know, and not thriving, and you are hiding because you were abused as a child, or your life wasn't the way you thought, or somebody left you, or a church hurt you, or a relationship hurt you, or a job mm-hmm. hurt you, you need to find a coach you Mm -hmm. need to find someone so that you can learn how and hopefully it will be me but there are many wonderful coaches but i i my heart goes out because i was one of those people and i kept hiding Mm -hmm. i don't hide anymore i don't have to hide anymore yeah well and i think a lot of times i'm glad you said that message because some people don't, they don't know it can get better there. If you're like living in the negativity in the storm and just once you accept it, you're like, okay, well, this is going to be my life for the next whatever years. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it just, cause they just take the pain, take the pain, take the pain. And it just doesn't yeah. get better. Right. And cause, and then they medicate it, right? We sure. medicate it. it you, you know, mm-hmm. you hide whatever you need. I'm depressed. I go to the doctor all the time. Whatever people do, they do. They do. They say they're depressed, all these different things. And, um, I, I just know for me that like years ago when I was, um, you know, in counseling and I work with a lot of therapists too, and they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have just found that the best thing that worked for me is first, you know, obviously I have my strong faith, but these coaching tools changed me so much because they taught me that everything I've been through, everything I'm going to go through, everything I haven't even experienced yet, and what I've already Mm -hmm. have, good, bad, or indifferent, doesn't have to define me to hold me back for what my purpose and passion is. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Like you're in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that just so amazing? It, it is. It's a total. It's a total shift. And and the, one of the other things I like to think about, based on what you said, is that whatever happens to us, whatever goes on, or our experiences, there's this core being of ourselves that is never affected by that. And if we 
stay in tune with that, then we can manage all that other stuff. But it's like some people just, you know, they, they internalize those things and they like totally collapses them. And it's happened to me. And, you know, you just collapse and you're like, okay, well, I'm done. Right. Tap out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really, right? yeah. it's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. Giving that hope. It's so true. Yeah. And when you lose hope, because guess what? All this stuff, I, they're taking yeah. it to their jobs, right? And then they're going to work and they hate their jobs. And you know what they yeah. really hate? They hate yeah. themselves. And they can't get away from themselves. And there's, there's toxic work environments. They can't get away from themselves. And there's toxic work environments. And guess what? With these tools and transformation, you can walk into a toxic, um, toxic work environment, oh. environment and know how to be detached involved. Powerful. I love that. Yeah. Powerful yeah. stuff. Because you got your all your tools, yeah, and your armor on, and it's like it doesn't affect you, right? Right, and you, and guess what? I mean, if you, um, I mean, I hear this all day long. How many people are in jobs with toxic work environments? Now they're either going to create something in their life, change, and get out, or they've got the tools to learn how to endure and realize realize that there are toxic people they work for, but they're realizing taking responsibility of their own toxicity in the place. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's back to what you said with your younger teenage client. Once you realize that it is that you have 100% of the responsibility for the toxicity, which can be a big idea to, to internalize, mm-hmm. then, it, then you have the power to change it. Like you said, either by leaving or by just showing up differently and everything else just changes in your experience. Right. And, you know, it doesn't mean too. like I really want to clear, be clear about there are just some people you know, that Mm -hmm. aren't healthy for us. And we need healthy boundaries. Boundaries are key. And there are situations. And I have those people in my life, too. I would love to, um, there's even some people in my life, I would love to have reconciliation, Mm -hmm. but they have to want it too. They have to want to come to the table. I can't make anybody that I've hurt or they've hurt me come to a table. Mm -hmm. I'm willing. But so then guess what? If, If they're not, you've got to have healthy boundaries. Right. I love that you said that because there is... There is that delineating point of, hey, there's you. We have total control, but <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if someone else doesn't want it, or if there's a situation that's really dangerous for us, then we have to be aware and say, don't, don't be crazy, or don't go into like, you know, a, a deliberately bad situation. Yeah, there is a line, isn't there? Like you said, if they don't want yeah. it, there's nothing you can do to get it, get them to do it. Yeah, and there's no reason to be anybody's doormat. Mm-hmm. Correct. No, there's just no reason. And so there's those, those boundaries too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's, what's so exciting too about this is like, you know, you get all these tools and, you know, when you become, um, you know, you, you shift your energy from surviving to thriving and you start getting your purpose and you move with, you know, um, that passion and determination and you move, you know, where you're going Yeah, and you get that. Like we were talking about earlier, people are going to come against you. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose a lot of people when they go, wow, that person is determined, purposeful. Right. They know where they're yeah. going. Yeah. They're, I'm going to try they're to take survival. them out, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to try to take yeah. them out, right? I got to find some stories. I gotta, yeah. Am I going to make up some stuff? The yeah, gossip absolutely. starts to fly. But you know, <laughs> but you know um, this is when you, you know, take your power back and start, you know, I love your machete, you know, just start making mm-hmm. you know, trailblazing, trailblazing. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. You got to keep, you, you know, like you said, you, 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 sometimes I think, okay, well, I'm going to sit down and take a little rest here on this stump of my pack and have a little drink of water. But then ultimately you can't stay there too long because you're just wasting time. Right. 
Yeah, that's right. And, 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 and oh, it's so, so awesome. It is so good because we can allow ourselves, we can give ourselves permission, but it's time to get back up, right? It's just yeah. time to get back up. And and there's painful stuff out there, but there's so much more joy and, and there, it just people's lives can change. That's why I just put a big smile on my face just when I'm talking because this stuff is just... Well, well, because you've seen yeah. it, because you see, and, and, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that is because there, there is the joy. There is so much better, more waiting for us. I mean, th- but we, we need to g- catch a glimpse of it or be able to like take a sip of it before we realize it. And it is, that, that's what I, I, I'm really passionate about that too, is how do we get people or ourselves out of that gray area? And you've given us so many tools and the dark times, because I do believe a lot of people are in those times. I mean, we're, we're all coming out of it in our own way, but that that's where, you know, to get people back to that functional level, back to at least tasting the hope and tasting the joy, you know, cause, cause that's where, that's where it's really crappy in the dark times and all these tools I can yes. see being very highly beneficial for them to put in their tool bags. Yeah. It's, it's you, it's so big because, you know, I give this um, assessment. Did I talk about that? The assessment that I give during my coaching program? Tell us a little more about it to refresh our memory. Um, this assessment that I give first when people come in, if they go through my program, um, it's it's an attitude assessment. It's not a, um, you know, all the great um, personality tests we've all take, mm-hmm. Meyer Briggs and all of those out there. This is an attitude assessment. So when I give it to them, you know, I send it and tell them, you know, only take this if you're going to be 100% honest and take it in the now, not in your mm. past, not in your future. I want you to answer these questions completely right now in your life. And it's an amazing attitude assessment because guess what? It prints out and it's like, okay. Okay, we get to see a black and white to help people if they're if they are not even sure where to even start, you know. But right here, mm-hmm. it shows me about where they show up in their life, catabolic energy, and it shows the wow. anabolic energy. And then they see it in black and white. And I've had people go, "Wow, this is such a great tool. This is so amazing." And I've had some people, you know, get really defensive on it, you know, at first and go, oh, "Because now they." They're like, it's even on paper. Well, you've put a mirror to the, you've put a mirror up to them, haven't you? you put a mirror. I put a mirror to them oh, no. and they and so, so, and is, is it, they're all the gremlins. Does it does it scale like on a when you say attitude, are we talking like say positive optimistic to pessimistic negative? Is that what the scale is or what is the what how does it rate? Um the scale the scale rates on um, this anabolic okay. catabolic energy. So, someone, so it's the same thing, but it's showing. It's showing. Remember when I was talking about you're sticking your fingers yeah. in your side? It's going to show me. Wow, when you're when you're just living your normal life during the day, you show up thirty percent of it's catabolic. When you're under stress, seventy five is catabolic. We need to shift some. We got to shift some stuff here. Wow, and, and you get that all from is is it a questionnaire that they answer and you, and yes. they you derive this? Wow. Yeah. And it's amazing because guess what happens? Then they get to see it. We get to see it. We work on it. And after three months, you know, it's like, where are we now? I go back to that same assessment and I'll ask questions from, they have shifted. They can't even answer that same question. They answer it completely different. Wow. I've I've never heard of that tool before, but it sounds so foundational and like a different, like a deep underlying way to look at your life. Yes, it is. It's it's great. And people love to look and they love to see, you know, a lot of people like to see things black and white. At first, like I said, some people don't because it's like reveals. <gasps> sure. Right. Scary. They close the book, right? But then, you know, you, you then they're, then that's where your tears of joy start happening. Right. And people get the right. breakthroughs. So well, and it, gives us that, it sounds like it gives them a data baseline, you know, cause we, you know, that 
to hardcore with data. You can't, data doesn't lie, right? <laughs> data doesn't lie. And it's, and you know, it's amazing because this is for all walks of life. Like we've talked about some really heavy, you know, painful brokenness. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, then there's people too, that maybe they don't have all of that, right? Life is actually going good. They're, they're at the heights of their career and their marriage is good. And there's a lot of great things, but then they're like, I'm not really quite living what mm-hmm. I want. That, that brings, that's that again, back to that core. See, I work with all kinds of where people are at, but it always goes back to the core of who they are. And they're learning that, wow, if I'm showing up there, I'm showing up everywhere. Yeah. And they don't, people don't realize that either the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone you know. ha- we, that's, that's good that you say that we all have more, well, more to connect with our, our core and more to do and more joy to have no matter where we're at. Don't we? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, and you, and you know, what's so great about coaching and I mean, this is someone else's quote, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take it. Um, you get a large amount of change in a short amount of time. Mm, Cause it's intense. Sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, you do. Even, even though it's baby steps and it doesn't happen overnight, but you do because these kind of shifts, oh, they're just, well, you, you, you know, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it in that context. Like what, cause once you shift, sometimes if you shift something small, the leverage that you get in the material world is, is huge. Right. I mean, a, a baby yeah. belief is going to create it's, a catastrophic. And that's what I think I've, when I've seen those things in my own life and in the lives of other people that, it almost blows you over going, wow, it, you're telling me the small energetic or conscious shift over here is going to cause this big, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So people, people think, since I, I think when, yeah. I think they think, yeah. well, again, speaking from my own perspective is like when we live in the physical world, we know that we have to push X hard to get X result. But when you're working in the spiritual consciousness world, you don't have to push that hard to get that result. You push a little and you can get a huge, but we don't transfer. It's hard to transfer that, that concept into that, you know, cause we're just not taught that. Right. It's so true. And believing, you know, believing this can happen. You, you, you can get the breakthroughs cause it's just so real, you know, developing yourself. Um, most people won't do it. No, no, it's just, it just seems too insurmountable. And I, like I said, I've been there. I can, I can totally relate to that. But once you, once you reach the end of the road, like I did, and like some people do, it's like, well, there's no choice, but to turn back and start going back the other direction. Cause you've, there's the, you've reached the end, you know, there's nothing more. So that's when I think right. you know, pe- sometimes it's necessary. Oh, yeah. awesome. Michelle. So awesome. Go ahead. I was just going to say to everyone, to you, me, and all the listeners, your life is worth finding. Mm. Your life is worth finding. What is your foundation built on? I love that. Yeah. Such good tools you shared with us. This is the creme de la creme. I mean, I'm going to listen to this a couple couple times at least. Michelle, thank you so much for... For coming back and you know we you know this is this is awesome this deeper dive into these tools uh, they're hugely beneficial i'm so glad thanks so much for having me mark this is you know life we can all be thriving and we can all learn to do hard things well and be successful fulfilled and have joy such a great uh, that's that's great to close on that's great all right michelle thank you so much and um we'll have you hopefully will you come back and join us again down the road Anytime I would love to. It's an absolute pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure to be on your podcast and you're amazing, the gifts that you're sharing and what you're doing for the world. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right. Well, we'll close off there. Thank you, Michelle. Okay. All right, Mark. Talk to you soon. So what'd you think? 
Did you get some awesome tools that you can put in your bag of tricks in your personal development routine, maybe your morning or your evening rituals to take your life to the next level, to design your life in your way? I know that I certainly did. And one of the things I want to challenge you to as we wrap up the podcast is I want to challenge you to do something that I challenge myself to quite frequently, and that is to extract some of these tools and actually put them into practice. Because if you're anything like me, sometimes I get so focused on the knowledge and the um, information that I forget to put it into practice. And what do we know, right? Nothing changes in life unless we actually do the work. We can know how to do it. We can know everything about it. We can even know why we should do it. Michelle talked about that in this podcast and the prior podcast, right? We don't need more why. We don't need more knowledge. There's actually a quote out there I can't remember at the moment, but it's something to that effect, right? It's not more knowledge we need. It's more application we need. And so one of the things that I try to challenge myself to do quite frequently is actually do the work. And I'm talking about the internal work. Um, You know, in a very real sense, it's just as difficult to get ourselves out of the inertia that we've developed in the personal development game where we're talking about developing consciousness and developing state of being and setting that positive mindset, tuning into the person we want to be, the things we want to do and have. It's just as difficult to do that as it is to get up and go to the gym. It's just a different type of resistance that we're facing, isn't it? One's internal resistance. Well, they're both kind of internal resistance, but the other one is actually traveling to the gym, lifting the weights, doing the exercises. It's just as difficult to do both of that type of work. And that's one thing I want to challenge you to do, and I'm also challenging myself to do, is actually do the work. Put the tools into practice. Pick up the tool and use it. And one of the ways to do that is to extract some of these tools that she shared with us and put them into your morning routine, your evening routine. Some of the tools that I'm going to be using in my routine and that I've been using since my prior interview with Michelle is the uh, question, how do I want to show up today? How? What is my intention for the day? Who do I want to be today? And then holding that in my consciousness for just a few minutes in the morning, actually feeling that way, visualizing myself being that way, and then starting my day. Because it actually focuses our consciousness, doesn't it? And it helps us show up that way. So that's one of the tools that I'm going to be putting into my personal development routine. I actually have been doing that for a few weeks. It's making a big difference in my life. So that's one of the things I want to challenge you to do. This episode was loaded with different tools, a bunch of tools. So I know you're going to find something that resonate with you. Obviously, we can't use every tool that, that we realize, that we uh, come to know or that people talk about. We have to choose the tools that resonate with us, don't we? And another thing that I want to say about that is that Just like going to the gym, you don't want to do the same workout every day, right? The muscles will reach reach the point of Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about this. They'll learn what's coming and then so they won't grow and and bodybuilders talk about it like shocking the muscle or there's a term that I can't think of it right now, but it's like muscular confusion, right? Confusing the muscles so they don't know what's coming and they can't adapt to those exercises. We can adapt that ideology into personal development, can't we? Because doing the same things in our routine all the time, we'll get a little bit stale, we'll get a little bit bored with that, and we may fall off the path and not do them as much. But if you have a number of tools 
in your arsenal that you can pick and choose depending on the day, how you feel, what your kind of intuition is telling you, right? What do you want to do today? Sometimes, if we use the gym analogy, we don't need to go to the gym and lift a weight every single day. We can go for a run or go for a walk or run stairs or do something different like that. If we're talking about personal development, we can look at our tools and say, you know what, this one's resonating with me today or this one's resonating with me today. And we do do that and implement that tool in our lives in that way. So that's one way to look at it. But obviously a lot of tools here to share that she shared with us so you can choose as many as you like and put them into your bag of tricks and use them as you see fit. So before we close, I want to thank Michelle one more time again. If you're looking for life coaching or if you want to contact Michelle to see what she can offer you in your life to help you get more success, to help you show up in the way that you want to show up, Remember, Michelle is certified in three different types of coaching. She has deep insight into the human experience, not only from her own life experiences, things she's done in the past and her own life, but also into the three different types of training, the IPEC, the Ziegler Legacy, and also the John C. Maxwell certification. So you can contact Michelle by visiting her website, unlockyourdestiny.com. You can read all about her coaching, what she offers. You can also contact her via phone. Her phone number's on that website. So again, that is unlockyourdestiny.com. All right, we'll wrap up the podcast there. I really appreciate you listening. And until next time, all the best, health, wealth, and success. Bye-bye.